0: On today's episode, what are common tactics of the adversary? And how have they been demonstrated in the recent BYU pamphlet controversy? All that and more on today's
1: episode of Sit Down with Sky and Preston. Welcome back, everybody. We were back, just the two of us, after the episode with our wives, which was very fun. Yep. Um, a lot of work, like, technically, really? on my end. <laughs> But because was, there were four audio tracks yeah it was just kind of an, a nightmare to edit but i did it for you the listeners you did great thanks good job sky thank you um it was very fun and we had we got a lot of good feedback um a lot of confused people on tiktok Shock. which is fun but um yeah a lot of good feedback so um thanks for listening and for providing that um before we start, I guess just another plug of Preston's book. I'm like out of breath. <laughs> I'm always fidgeting with equipment and then we press record and then I'm like trying to keep up, uh, and try to catch my breath. So where can people find your book and what's available and all that?
0: Yes, the book is available in all formats. It is available on Amazon um, for kindle paperback or hardcover and then uh because of sky's graciousness the audiobook is now available too uh he helped edit the whole thing and lent me his equipment so the audiobook is now done too um as of about a month ago and so that can be found on amazon as well in audible and it says it's available on itunes as well but i actually haven't looked for it there i'm an audible
1: user so yeah i think yeah i think you can just buy it outright instead of, well, I guess you do that on Audible too, but yeah. um, the audiobook is, is really good. Even like, even if you've read it, <laughs> I think it's like, cause I, I read the book and then I also obviously listened to it while editing. And it's such a different experience listening to the book. Cause like you get your inflection, your interpretation of what you read or mm. what you wrote. So it's just, um, and it kind of fits. Cause I, I write the way I,
0: talk out loud like Uh i I, it needs to sound like something i would say out loud so yeah it it was fun to record it because i'm like oh yeah this now i can like give the story Uh uh-huh the way i heard it when i wrote it but it's just
1: fun thank you for everybody who's gotten it i hope it helps yeah we've also had really good feedback from that um which I mean, I appreciate, even though it's not my book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, you helped a lot with
1: this. Well, I'm so. sure you do as well. Okay, so um, today we are talking about, like we said in the intro, um, there, there um, has been a controversy, whatever you want to call it, that has been happening at, and that has been nationwide, like a, a big thing that BYU has been um, dealing with. And so we wanted to like, just give a brief rundown of what happened for those who may not be familiar and then go into like s- pull out some principles of it. Mm-hmm. Cause we um, like, we, we want to talk about more topical things moving forward, maybe a little bit, but try not to make it just a gossip session. Cause that is very um, it's like, for me at least is the temptation. Cause I just want to vent about these things, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to like, it's good to, address them and talk about them but then i think it's also helpful and more productive to pull out principles from it and like Mm -hmm. what we can learn from it yep
0: so and again just these tactics you're going to see these patterns repeated like if we can talk about it in this context of this most recent recent controversy wow controversy (laughs) sean (laughs) connor controversy um controversy uh (laughs) Then you'll be able to hopefully better spot it in future events because, again, these tactics aren't going to go away yeah. of creating an outcry and causing a stir. Mm-hmm. But should we just get get to it? Yeah. Okay. Here's the rundown. <laughs> uh, Preston,
1: Preston has a little bit of
0: insider information. <laughs> yeah. So I guess first we should say name the parties involved. Right. So there is BYU. And then there were, are several departments within BYU that are kind of at the heart of this um, happening. There is the Office of First Year Experience, which is a department in BYU. And they have a subset, a team called the NSO team, the New Student Orientation Team. There's six people on that team. There's an administrator, an assistant administrator, and then four student employees. I know the assistant administrator, so she and I have talked about what has occurred. She was the person that planned the new student orientation event that occurred um, the weekend before school started, so I believe it was last weekend. Um, So yeah, I I talked to the person who planned the event and knew everything that was scheduled, and um, that's where I'm getting a lot of this information is firsthand from her. Uh, there were other people involved at BYU. There, it will, this also involves the BYU magazine, The Daily Universe. And then there were some external, uh, not affiliated with BYU organizations. There was USGA, which is Understanding Same Gender Attraction, right? Is that what that stands for?
1: I'm not sure. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure that's what I, I... Not an official BYU.
0: They were created while I was at BYU, I believe. And I've been observing... Them for a few years but and, and then what was the other one rainbow rainbow collective collective so they worked together to create a pamphlet that they then wanted in given out to the incoming freshmen mm-hmm. so those are kind of like the people that were all involved in this incident the short of it nso new student orientation is a three-day event the weekend before school starts nso is a byu put on production, again, by this internal department that my friend plans, runs lots of volunteer hours from students helping her um, organize and run and help all the incoming freshmen get to different activities that are planned for them over those three days. They give out a goodie bag um, to incoming freshmen. However, my friend goes through all of those materials every year, and she knows exactly what's going into those bags. Um, It's all BYU stuff. It's all BYU merch. And there's a particular notebook that is put in there that has some material in it, but it's all BYU stuff. And my friend is the one that touches all of these things. She um, even has to vet phone calls every year from people saying like, hey, we want to put something in your book, in your baggie again. And she's like, that's not possible because we don't do that at at NSO. New Student Orientation does not putting on BYU things in the, in the bag. So the event was going along like normal, and then all of this social media stuff hit the fan of, like, BYU breached this contract that with USGA and Rainbow Collective, that they were going to put a, pa- a pamphlet of resources for LGBT in the goodie bags, and BYU breached the contract and removed the material and destroyed the material and... So like all this hit the fan the night of the first day of the event, and my friend was like, "What are they talking about?" Like, I approved everything that went in that bag. Like, there's that that doesn't make any sense. Like, it wasn't even grounded in reality because that's not possible. They don't put those kinds of things in the bag. Um. So after an investigation of a couple of days with the help of her boss and her boss's boss, they found out it was the BYU magazine, the Daily Universe, has like an advertising department that. They put together a goodie bag as well called an orientation baggie, which there's some cross naming there. That's a little confusing, but they take outside stuff and they'll put a bag together that's put on the beds of on-campus dorm housing beds. Mm -hmm. So it's different. It's not the new student orientation event. It's not anything to do with my friend's department. Um, it's just something that the Daily Universe does. They put together this baggie, and they put it on the beds of incoming on-campus freshmen. So that's where this pamphlet was supposed to have been.
1: Um, and the, the story was the the NSO. That's that's kind of what is being reported as that. Yes, and the... so
0: like that that was really frustrating for my friend seeing all these news coverage things about NSO, new student orientation, these orientation baggies, like. It had nothing to do with her department. And so like she was getting a lot of questions from a lot of the volunteers and a lot of peers and even some family once they saw the news articles going like, what is going on? And she was like, it wasn't us. Like <laughs> we have nothing to do with this stuff. And yet nobody cared to correct that it wasn't their department doing this, whatever. But in these goodie bags there was supposed to be supposedly this pamphlet of resources um. On the preceding monday those packets were being assembled those baggies were being assembled and an administrator was going through saw the pamphlet and said wait a minute we offer all of these resources here on campus now we have created an office called the office of belonging it's a new um, office subsection of some department at byu that offers all of these resources we shouldn't be advertising off-campus resources when we just created on-campus resources for these very things. So he made the decision to pull the pamphlet. They removed the pamphlet, they returned the pamphlets, and they offered a refund. Um, And this is again according to my friends, uh, her experience and the research that her bosses did trying to figure out what had happened. Um, So everything was returned Uh, she said a a couple hundred were damaged. And so like of the 5,000 pamphlets that were given to them, they returned 4,800. They were given a refund. Come to find out there wasn't even really a contract. There was no written agreement anywhere. It was a verbal agreement of like, Hey, we'll pay you to put our pamphlets in your baggies. And again, the daily universe said, yeah. And then the administrator said, no. Mm -hmm. So again, that even is another like false uh, headline is that some breach of contract it was like there wasn't show me the receipt right like, there was no contract uh, nobody had like this like binding signature of no matter what is in this pamphlet it will be in the bag <laughs> it's like byu has every right to pull a pamphlet of things that they provide themselves like that's just good business practice in general um anyway that's kind of the short of it yeah uh, i mean my friend was a little frustrated that BYU is not the best at communicating sometimes on social media. So like she had some frustrations there of like sometimes even still some things aren't really cleared up. But whatever. It's kind of water under the bridge at this point to her. But she just wants to move on with her life. (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, But it it was just unfortunate because, again, as, as soon as I started seeing the headlines, I was like, this isn't true. Like this is so off. And so that's why I reached out to her and I was like, "Hey, aren't you
1: involved in this?" and she was like, "Let me tell you what happened." <laughs>
0: so, um so the anyway. story
1: the story that is being um pushed out there by national media like mm-hmm. big like CNN Daily um Today show, like national media has picked this up and the story that is being um told is that BYU New Student Orientation had a contract with Rainbow Collective and USGA to put out these pamphlets that had resources for LGBT students. Mm-hmm. The that resources... USGA and Rainbow
0: Collective paid BYU to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it was this breach of contract.
1: Yeah. So there there's like a lot of inaccuracies in the story, um, but it's being kind of parroted in the media right now. And that's what we see. And the line is that BYU doesn't care about LGBT students because this um i I think activist organization that is not in line with church teachings um was somehow able to get this this pamphlet of resources into that daily universe bag um that was going to on campus housing, right yeah, and then an administrator saw it and and pulled it mm-hmm. so that's kind of the story that's being told versus the actual story,
0: yeah, and again that b y u is doing this maliciously trying to hurt the gays and the communities and when it's like byu's reason for pulling it was we already offer these resources on campus
1: we created a department specifically for this purpose yeah so and and i like i like to think that part of the reason was um, whatever administrator it was realized that the resources provided don't Fall in line with the with the gospel. I hoped they realized that, I, like, because it's really obvious now in yeah. hindsight. But like, it's um, if if you you can find on social media, you can find a post of of the pamphlet and like the, a good amount of the resources. If you look up their social media pages or whatever and go through their posts, like, it's very obvious they they are more activist minded than gospel centered, mm-hmm. and so like the idea that a church run institution should like feel bad or like feel pressure to give new give new students resources that teach conflicting things is i think just kind of ridiculous
0: which is why when i first saw the headline i was like smells fake yeah. <laughs> like i'm like this stu- doesn't pass BYU the sn- wouldn't snip snip give test. that stuff out like that's Again, I don't get why these organizations thought, oh, unless maybe there was something a little more nefarious on their part at play here. Because, again, they they should know better than to try and put these kinds of materials
1: mm-hmm.
0: in, into official BYU stuff. Because, again, you can't control like what your students do. You can't control what organizations give them. But when it's officially coming from BYU, BYU doesn't. Do those things because uh, again they go against some of the basic tenets of the BYU honor code, and then largely they go against some of the basic tenets of gospel teachings in the church.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's that's a very confusing um, message to new freshmen like mm-hmm. coming in and seeing, oh, does BYU support BYU must support these organizations if they are giving me this pamphlet?
0: Yep. And yet, because of all this social media outcry there has been so much confusion and, and mixed messaging and misinformation and false things being said in headlines that still aren't being corrected. And so that's why Sky and I kind of wanted to address this because there's some kind of common behaviors and tactics of the more activist like people, the more rebellious. Um, I mean, we've talked before too about like people that are ignorant, uh, these were kind of the actions of a little bit more activist people. Like they knew what they were doing was shady Mm -hmm. in terms of BYU standards. So anyway, that's why we wanted to dig into this is just look for these patterns. So
1: you're better able to spot them in the future. So that's more of like the, what happened part of it. Now, what can we learn from it Mm -hmm. moving forward? One of like the main reasons, I guess, motivations for starting this podcast for me and all of my efforts um, writing a book right now, like everything that I have been doing in this, in this regard has been motivated by, I just like when I see, when I see mistruth, I have such a visceral reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And like, I have to say something about it. Sometimes that gets me into trouble, (laughs) but it's just like, I, I, I always go back to my younger self and try to, try to see how he would react to how things are right now. Mm -hmm. Like if, if my younger self came across what we have on social media, um, what would my reaction be and like how detrimental would it be to me? Mm -hmm. And so that's always my motivation. And it's always so frustrating because in all of these controversies or like in all of the, the tactics of evil that we see, there are always bits of truth in it Mm -hmm. which makes it harder to fight and easier to defend yeah like if um if you like with this in particular i think the the defense is obviously well byu doesn't care about lgbt students and in by extension the church Mm -hmm. um and this is just the latest example um using again this concocted narrative that has all of these holes in the story or these inaccuracies. And
0: inflammatory language as well. Mm-hmm. Like a breach of contract. Things things like that. It's like that sounds way more
1: serious than it actually was. And then it's picked up by these huge institutions, corporations, media outlets that have a lot of resources and, and money and a lot of people trust. And so when these outlets are um parroting it, a lot of people just take it at face value. Mm-hmm. And then if there's a follow-up or like a correction, that doesn't get the same amount of traction. Yep. People just see the initial inflammatory, sensational headline. They see that the narrative is is set. And then even if there's some sort of retraction, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the damage is done. Which is why I smell a rat.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> Again, it's like this was very intentional on some of these activist groups parts to cause a fire and point fingers elsewhere on who started it and it's just like yeah (laughs) again because it just stirred up confusion and frustration Mm -hmm. and that was their goal like that's what again the tactic here the the principle behind it is stir up confusion and misinformation and people will wreck themselves at that point you don't your work's done at that point
1: yeah and we were talking earlier about how there there seems to be kind of two camps where there are those who like are badly motivated and do things for like the recognition or the attention and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those tend to be the more activist types who are kind of like the leaders. Mm-hmm. And then there's more of just like the followers who are a lot of times motivated by good things like compassion and things at like... Their heart is in the right place, but it's misled. Yeah. And then they end
0: up kind of being the the muscle yeah. of, of the organization when they've been deceived and are sometimes ignorant to the harm that they're causing. Um, there was a great scripture that I really liked um, that kind of illustrates this. Um, let me scroll. Scroll, 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 scroll.
1: Which one? Maybe I should tell a joke while you look at that to entertain Oh, here audience. we go. <laughs> or you can cut off that like, really long pause. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Okay, there's a scripture that I really liked that goes along with that. That kind of describes both of those groups. This is 2 Timothy verse 3. So this is in the New Testament. Verse 12, it says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So I just I like that because it's like people hypocrites and seducers are going to get worse and worse and they will deceive and be deceived. Uh <laughs> they'll just keep doing that to each other. This cycles. <laughs> but then it, the, there's a bit of hope too of like we're given the scriptures uh as a way to like ground ourselves so that we don't fall for those, for those deceptions. Which is why I I love coming back to the scriptures. Cause again, it's like I'm not coming up with this stuff. I'm not malicious towards any of these groups. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. It's just let's come back to the word. Let's come back to the basic principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's what will ultimately unify all of us. Like it, it has you have to come back to the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's a third party that's that doesn't care about the drama, that doesn't lie to you that doesn't mess up in its communication to you (laughs) like it's just yeah it's doesn't have a bad pr team yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yep there's kind of this difference between being very direct and clear like when you look at these scriptures that the scriptures have two things like very direct um calling out of evil mm-hmm. and then very compassionate mercy. Like mm-hmm. there are both things, our favorite things to talk about the balance between grace and justice. Um, and so when you read the scriptures, like the one you you read right there, it's very direct. Like it's very specific in, in the wording. And you were, we were talking earlier about kind of with, with all of these um, organizations or activist groups You'll always see um, wording like inclusion or love, um, like the, these words that are good, but like directed in the wrong place or kind mm-hmm. of fluffy and yeah, they not just, very
0: specific. They lack control and power. I think about two contrasting words like inclusivity versus invitations. Inclusivity... I don't have control over that. Uh, I cannot make people be included. Um, And yet that's a buzzword that's used by a lot of these organizations. If you need to include people more, it's like, well, I can't control that. But invitation, which is what a gospel principle, like when you're teaching missionaries, we teach people to invite people to come under Christ. I can control that. I can invite anybody and everybody uh, the invitation is open and standing for anybody who will. But inclusivity, I can't do that. Like, I will invite people to my party. I will be kind to people when I give them that invitation to my party. But I can't make them
1: be included in my party um, the onus is as much on them as it is you. Yeah. You have Which to is include why yourself. You have to involve yourself.
0: Yeah. Which is why it's so interesting that, like, again, this is a tactic is they'll focus on things less in your control and will try and spark guilt for lack of results. And it's like, well, we're, you're looking at something that won't yield any power. I don't have control over whether or not people include themselves. I do have control about whether or not I invite people. To join mm-hmm. and so anyway it's just like that's just like one example but again watch for that tactic of let me point your attention to something you don't have control over and try and guilt you for not having good results
1: yeah and it's that like it's that specificity which is so important um because it like it may sound like a game of semantics but it is really important to be very clear with our words and that's what we see in the scriptures god is very clear in his words and like you're saying, we don't have control over um, who's included or like who um, interacts or is involved in any given thing, but we can invite that is in our control. Mm-hmm. Um, inclusivity or like tolerance, these these words that we we hear a lot in, in these organizations um, in a vacuum, like they're not they're not a virtue in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. To- being being tolerant. Um, is kind of a misnomer because like, what are you being tolerant of? And those who preach this idea of being tolerant of everyone inevitably end up excluding some Mm -hmm. like being inclusive, you necessarily end up being exclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and the justification is always, well, I'm not tolerant of intolerance. And so (laughs) if I, if I perceive your, your way of doing things as intolerant, then I don't have to be tolerant of you, but I can take on this label of I'm tolerant. Mm -hmm. So like it's this really weird word game that really doesn't mean anything, but is so popular because it's such a, I guess, like such a good way of diverting energy and attention.
0: Because then then we're arguing about who's included and not. And it's like we've missed the mark at that point. There's a fantastic book. I, I think I've mentioned it in previous episodes. I don't remember, but it's called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Fantastic. Um, it's a similar concept to C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, but it actually predates C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters. So it's called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And the concept of the book is that like Napoleon has like reached a level of of mindfulness that he cannot be deceived by the devil. And he like sits down to have an interview with the devil and the devil has to answer him truthfully. And so he asks a lot of questions of the devil, learning about um, his tactics and, and his weaknesses and his strengths. And it's just a very fascinating read. Um, there's one part in particular that has just struck me so profoundly that I I still think about it often. The question that was asked of the devil was, what are some of your most effective tactics for causing people to drift? He calls them drifters where like, they're just kind of in a state of flow and they're not really paying attention to what's going on in their lives. They're not living with intention. Um, so he asks, like, what are what works really well to get people to stop paying attention to what where the course of their life is taking? And the devil very haughtily says something like, "Well, I get them to think they're experts when they know nothing. I convince them they know a lot when they've done very little research." And he's like, "Then they turn to gossip and they waste their time and energy on things that aren't true or that have no merit." And I, I remember I, I was listening to it because I listened to it on my commute and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so profound because how like we were just talking about, if I can get you to talk about this thing over here, then we're not addressing the actual issue. Um, anyway, it's just profound. And and this controversy uh, controversy about this pamphlet at BYU or whatever is a prime example mm a lot of people have been talking a lot about things that are not really true and so so much time and energy and emotion has been wasted on something that is mostly not true and nobody has really done a widespread effort to find the truth and put in the effort to research and figure out what really happened um, and hear both sides and i mean we, we heard one side on social media But we weren't really hearing much of what BYU's take on everything was. Anyway, it's just... Well, mm. and
1: and that's what surprised me when you were telling me the story of your friend earlier is you said that no one has reached out to her, like her department to see... Nobody,
0: none of these news organizations have reached out to her. And I'm like, what kind of journalists are these people? Like, they haven't even asked BYU's people that were in charge of this
1: event what happened. Anyway. Well, and that's like the... That's the diversion that happens. We... the the narrative becomes what we talk about. So the narrative being BYU doesn't care about LGBT people. Mm -hmm. That's the narrative. And then we become reactionary of having to defend that and saying, no, like we do look at these resources that we have. And the focus becomes off of, no, what is true? Like what actually happened? Mm -hmm. It becomes more on the accusations, which are very easy to lob. Like it's easy to lob an accusation. It's hard to refute the accusation
0: especially with social media
1: yeah where like in this
0: instance something can go viral overnight and again turns out it's a false narrative but by then tens of thousands of people have seen this and none of those people are going to turn around and research actually what happened mm-hmm. they just saw the inflammatory headline same or with the, the like emotionally manipulative TikTok, and like <laughs> yeah. they won't actually go see what actually happened
1: yeah, I mean, same with the the BYU volleyball incident. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that same, that same trage- trajectory.
0: Or, like we talked about last year, Elder Holland's devotional to the BYU faculty, it's same thing. Again, same pattern of, did anybody actually go read what was said? Did anybody actually go watch the footage of these sporting events? Did anybody ask anybody on the NSO, Team, what happened? <laughs> it's like
1: n- nobody's really doing
0: the research, and by then they don't care; they've moved on. Mm-hmm.
1: I the a lot this week with um everything that's been going on, um at BYU and and by extension the church and kind of when whenever the whenever BYU or the church is in the headlines, it I think about this topic. It's I, I posted something about it on our social media, um, but the idea that kind of the us versus them mentality Mm -hmm. and how a lot of criticism that gets lobbed our way is you guys are being divisive by speaking up about your beliefs. You should instead be seeking unity. Mm -hmm. That's kind of an an accusation that we get a lot of, instead of saying these divisive things, quote unquote, you should be seeking unity. Mm -hmm. So it just got me thinking a lot about, um, About that, and like, because we don't want to create unnecessary division, we division will happen inevitably, just because there is good and evil in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I kind of came down to is, for me at least, to understand this better and to to handle um, to handle division better, I try to see things as like evil is a third party, and we're fighting evil. Mm -hmm. And people are kind of transitory in what what team they fight for. We all find ourselves fighting for the wrong team at one point or another. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's more effective or it's more, I guess, quote unquote, unifying or that's not even a good word. It's more effective to fight evil instead of focusing on individuals Mm -hmm. and like bickering with people. It, It should be more focused on ideas and what ideas are good and like that's what conversations should be yeah that's rarely what happens on social media yeah but that's what it should be
0: (laughs) well and and again that's a pattern that you'll see in the scriptures what will truly unify people is the the doctrine of christ and again remember like we're talking under the assumption that we're talking to members of the church Mm -hmm. um talking about like how to bridge gaps between different faiths and whatnot, that, that's a different topic. We're not talking about these things in the context of making bridges with other faiths. We're talking about the divisions within our own faith about very basic tenets of that faith. Um, so in the scriptures, like the unifier has to be the doctrine of, G- of Jesus Christ. And when the people were most unified and most happy and most peaceful, it was when the people lived those basic principles of faith unto repentance. They made baptismal covenants and kept them and they yielded to the Holy Ghost. And you see the division starts to break apart when they stop saying there's sin, they start making an excuse for some sin and then they, there's no need to repent if there's not sin. And so it's just like, it's the society starts to, the church starts to unravel from that point of now we can allow a little sin and, that's fine. And they start to let evil creep in Mm -hmm. and these ideas to creep in that are the real enemy. Sin is the enemy.
1: And that's, that's a real trend that I see with members of the church who become very uncomfortable with the idea of very directly pointing toward evil or like Mm -hmm. um, wrongs or sin or things like that um, because it inevitably, causes some sort of tension
0: yeah some sort of reaction
1: and yeah. and we're very comfortable as members of the church we have we have kind of this reputation of being like overly nice and we're very comfortable with that reputation and the idea that others will start to see us as more like combative or less of this just live and let live sort of thing mm-hmm. um for a lot of members e- like even myself i've i've felt that before um is is kind of a new thing and kind of a hard thing Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we should be intentionally combative and just seek contention and all of these things that we see on social media. Um, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that we should be, we should feel comfortable calling out sin for what it is. Yeah. Or, or as some of the apostles have counseled in more recent general conferences,
0: share truth. You don't have to defend it. Just share it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, when I was, away from the church for a couple of years and was really combative with all of my family and they were nothing but kind and inviting. That's what I was doing. Like I would push against things and they would invite and I would lash out. <laughs> and um, Yeah, that was, that was bad. <laughs> I, I don't recommend that, but it's, but it seems like that's what you needed. But, but what they would do is they would just share a truth it wasn't an l- hour long lecture. It wasn't even a fifteen minute lecture. It was, they would listen to me rant and rave, and then they would just share a truth. Hey, that's not what I believe. This is the truth that I believe, and then they wouldn't defend it. And I'd be like, nah, 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 and they wouldn't defend it. They would take the punch, the verbal punches I would throw at them about how stupid I thought that idea was, and blah 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 blah. But they didn't have to defend it. Mm-hmm. The truth can stand by itself. I knew it was right. It, that's why I was so mad, is because I didn't want to I didn't want to live that truth. I didn't want to adhere to that truth. I didn't want to repent and change. So anyway, I just don't don't feel like you have to go to bat and defend everything. Just share the truths and let them speak for themselves. Let them defend themselves. The Holy Ghost will do most of that heavy lifting for you. You just need to
1: share the truth so that people can make a choice. And that's something that I could definitely learn from like specifically engaging on social on social media i um i could learn something from that because i i do try to walk that line of sharing truth and then just kind of letting it sit or like not becoming combative and focusing more on ideas rather than lobbing character attacks like i try to balance all of these things um not always perfectly obviously but like there's there's a lot of i guess emotional maturity and recognizing when an online react or online interaction is not going anywhere productive and just leaving it or like letting Mm -hmm. it sit and not not having to get the last word um that's something that i need to work on for sure (laughs) because i'm not on social media enough to have that problem (laughs) so good luck sky (laughs) thank you i i have stepped out of the game (laughs) yeah and, and that's another thing i've been thinking of because um that that's kind of like a, a tendency i have of, of wanting to like i'll i'll interact on social media for a certain amount of time and then i'll get frustrated and just kind of leave it um and it's hard to find that balance of like y- like you you're on social media more than your wife taryn yeah she doesn't have she it doesn't at all she doesn't have anything yeah um and like i think for some people there's a lot of wisdom in that like you need to listen to your mental health and And like, do what works. And again, follow the promptings of the Holy
0: Ghost. Like, she had a good chat with God about it, and Mm -hmm. she just knew it wasn't right for her. She didn't need it. Mm -hmm. I've had a different conversation with God. Like, I know I need to at least be on it. Um, I'm not super active on social media, but
1: as I say this on a podcast, (laughs) is a
0: podcast social media? I don't know. I mean, I I guess I put
1: clips on social media. Yeah. (laughs) But like, what I'm trying to say is there like, there are exceptions to this rule. Like I think Taryn, like your wife who's not on social media and, and that works great for her. But um, that, like that exception aside, I think we should think about the tendency or try to avoid the tendency to when things get frustrating, frustrating or when like it doesn't seem like you're having an impact mm-hmm. to just retreat and, say oh it like social media is divisive and we shouldn't like we we don't need to do anything on there like we don't need to stand up for anything because no one's gonna listen anyway mm-hmm. like we should try to find a balance between those things yeah well and again
0: it's it will go better for you if you just focus on sharing the truth because again the truth is a n- neutral third party <laughs> like uh i'm not coming up with these things just share the truth mm-hmm. um and, and again, that's that's how you call out evil, where I'm not attacking this individual. It's just, here's the truth. Now we can have a choice to make. Are we going to live by that truth? Or are we going to reject this truth? And that's why I like the word invite way more. Read this, and I invite you to consider this as a truth. <laughs> like, right. Consider this. I invite you to come unto Christ. Uh, that's something that I can do is
1: invite, but I can't
0: force you to include yourself. It's and not the- going to happen
1: it is kind of just like a slight twist to truth to Mm -hmm. prop up um, inclusion as like the end all be all um, virtue that we should be seeking. It is like, it's a slight twist. It's invite. Like we talked about earlier is everything like it's in our control Mm -hmm. and it's, um, it's something that it doesn't, cause this confusion like it's very direct it's very specific we just invite and then the ball's in their court and it's up to them mm-hmm. i like that I, specificity i think a great
0: pattern of this uh, there's multiple examples but a really good one is alma chapter 30 uh alma's conversation with Korahor is a really good pattern of this Korahor has all these false accusations and alma doesn't attack Korahor he just says hold on you said this, that's not true, you know that, because this is the truth, this is the reality, and so he just says, this is the case, like, I don't need to come at you, it was very brief reply, it was like, you know that's not true, because this, and then it was like, and then Alma does a great job asking a lot of questions, do you believe this, no, no, well, what about this? So I'm going to ask you again, do you believe this? Like one of, one of my favorite ones is he's like, do you believe in God? And he's like, no. And I'm just like, okay, well, I can tell you that there is a God and I have a whole bunch of people here in this room that believe that. And I have the scriptures, which is a record of a whole bunch of people that have talked to God. Are you going to say you still don't believe in him? And he's like, yep. <laughs> it's just like, I'm like okay. <laughs> uh, then, then I know what I'm working with. And we know how that conversation ended, but it's just, again, that, I'm just going to share a truth. Hey, I, I'm going to tell you that there is a God. I have a bunch of people here with me that believe there is a God. And I have a bunch of written witnesses too. Like, do you still want to stand by that? Yep. Okay, <laughs> cool. We'll move on to something else. <laughs> and they do. And I don't know. It's just such a good pattern of some of these things we've talked about too.
1: just kind of discerning like the intentions or the wh- where the person is, what, what they're willing to go along with or like yeah. what they're willing to accept or not accept or engage um in in what kind of conversation i think that's helpful like in any sort of interaction we should um we should kind of set the ground rules like identified terms and get very specific and then if there's like you, like in this interaction that you were just talking about if if there is no progress and it's clear that there's not going to be there's nothing wrong with just leaving that and just letting it sit and like Mm -hmm. not having like I said to to get the last word in because that's not what it is
0: about and Alma ultimately says that at the end of the chapter it's like I'm out the the rest is between you and God like I have nothing else to say yeah so it's a good pattern for us when we have uh, more combative interactions
1: Mm mm-hmm well, speaking of having nothing else to say, I think that's a good place to end it today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have any other...
0: Oh, can I share one more scripture? Yeah. So there was another one that, again, just gives me the, like, the hopeful side to this. Um, so this is Doctrine and Covenants section 50, starting in verse 6. Again clearly pointing out where the problem is with intentionally deceiving people and being a hypocrite. But there's also a little bit of hope in the scripture too, which is why it stood out to me. So maybe we can let this be the send off.
1: Yeah, that's good to end on something hopeful.
0: So this is Doctrine and Covenants 50 verse six, and it'll be a few of the verses. But it says, Woe unto them that are deceivers and hypocrites. For thus saith the Lord, I will bring them to judgment. Behold, verily I say unto you, There are hypocrites among you who have deceived some, which has given the adversary power, but behold, such shall be reclaimed. But the hypocrites shall be detected and shall be cut off either in life or in death, even as I will. And woe unto them who are cut off from my church, for the same are overcome of the world. Wherefore, let every man beware, lest he do that which is not in truth and righteousness before me. So again, like we talked about, clearly sets the line and the boundary of, like, being a hypocrite and a deceiver is not okay. And they've messed up some people and given the devil a lot of traction and power. But we'll work on reclaiming those people that have been ignorantly deceived. But for those hypocrites, they're getting what's coming to them eventually. Either in life or death, it's up to his timetable, which is what he says. Like, I'll make sure judgment comes to those who are being hypocritical and Again, willfully deceitful. Is that a word? Deceitful. Yeah, yeah. But but again, the hope that like we'll work to reclaim those that have been deceived by these hypocrites. So again, that was kind of our part of our motivation in doing this. We just want people to know, like, living the gospel is okay for some of us. <laughs> we don't play m- victim, and
1: and we and we should feel okay. Not only living the gospel, but uh, but very clearly and just dis- like distinctly talking about mm-hmm. truth and evil and like yep. making a very clear distinction and not having to add all of these caveats to kind of muddy the waters. Do it gracefully, of course. Tact is great, mm-hmm. but like we shouldn't water down truth um, just because it's going to inevitably create a divide. Yeah, because... People will
0: choose either way. Yeah. Again, our purpose is just to invite and help, and then leave the decision to the individual Mm -hmm. about whether or not they'll live by the truth or they'll reject it and pick something else.
1: And we say these things. (laughs) (laughs) I always have that in like I want to end things like that. Yeah. Uh, Now, just watch out for the
0: tactics of blowing things out of proportion and causing a stir where there wasn't one, Mm -hmm. and then come back to the truth. Share the truth.
1: Be sure to find Preston's book if you haven't already. Amazon. Amazon. Um, There are links on our social media. And speaking of social media, um, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Um, TikTok is a lot of fun. I I would appreciate if more listeners would get on and follow us on TikTok. Because I feel like if you're listening, you're um, at least somewhat agree with what we say. (laughs) And it would be nice to have more of you on our TikTok. So... If you could do that, and then on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google, wherever you are listening, um, if you can leave a review and subscribe to the podcast, that helps us a lot. But other than that, we will see you in the next one.